This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another exciting episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and I will be your host. And today I am joined by two of the founding members of Most Valuable Podcast. I'm not a founding member. That's okay, Sean. (laughs) You're a very, very popular guy on this station. Your name, Sean Anderson. Your name, Ricky Widmer, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, what's up, guys? I mean, he's everywhere. Sean, host of what? Fast Break Podcast. Fast Break Podcast. And Ricky's everywhere, so if you guys don't know... I'm everywhere but here. If you guys don't know who Ricky is, then you guys really haven't been paying attention. Now, I do want to mention one thing. We said this on the Fast Break that we we weren't sure if Ricky was on everything, and we're thinking that he just made up Mike Rankin as a pseudonym, but now I have these two guys in the same room, so I know it's not... Yeah, Mike is real. Or, like Mark has said with you, Sean, this could just be uh, some cool audio tricks, because me and Mike aren't talking at the same time. Say something. What's no. up, Ricky? How you doing? Now, now we're not talking <laughs> at the same time. That's how it's we have work. an exciting show for you today. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm a baseball guy. I'm not sure if you guys are or not, but I want to focus no, on. No, you're a baseball. Well, yeah, guy? yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's pretty shocking. But What's I wa- baseball. I want to talk about a lot of stuff that's going on, especially around the MLB, like the PD um, unfortunate news with the negative stuff. Right. That's that's not good. Um, also. Uh, locally, the two Chicago teams are really good, and one of them actually made a move that probably will make them better. Great in, move. And getting rid of John Dinks, finally. So we'll talk about that. Also, I'm going to get some reactions to you guys on what you think is uh, surprising at this point of the season and May 5th. And then, uh, of course, you know, behind the pen, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. We do this out of Chicago. We have to talk about Chicago Bears football every single podcast. However, before we get into all the important topics we have on tap for today, we need you guys to support us on our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash podcast, and you'll get even more content than you already get with us being a subscriber to our channel. So please, if you if you join, it, we really appreciate it. It'll help us produce more content, and you'll get exclusive content. So it's a win-win. So we're going to get into all of this today, and I'm excited because you guys are with me. It's going to be a fun show. Looking forward to it. But let's jump right into this PED news, right? So, I mean, PEDs have plagued Major League Baseball since the early, mid-90s, all the way up until today. I mean, just in 2001 or whatever, it, it really, you had Mark McGuire breaking home one records and Sammy Sosa hitting like 60. And then, of course, these guys are, are busted. Kind of took a little bit of a, a sidestep a little bit and, and kind of went away. But recently, you know, 80-game suspensions are coming out. They're trying to be more enforceful of, of, of this. Um, and guys like Abraham Amante going into the season, he's out for 80 games with the Cleveland Indians, young player. Uh, Henry Mejia. Remember? He's been popped a while, though. He's Yeah, three, three times. times. Yeah. And now he's got a lifetime ban, and he was a really good reliever. Mm-hmm. But now he's gone forever. Probably because of PEDs. Sure. They are performance-enhancing drugs, so I mean... Very, very fair to say. Self-explanatory. But what really hit the baseball world was the D. Gordon news. Now, D. Gordon got popped with 80 games, suspended immediately with these um, PD uses. And, you know, I, it just kind of hurt me as a baseball fan because I really like D. Gordon. I love his game. Well, it wasn't just that. It was also, I think, as like a community in baseball, we were kind of feeling like, okay, we're turning the corner now. Yes, we have these 80-game suspensions, but we're going to... Start turning the corner to get away from these kind of suspensions and using these kind of performance-enhancing drugs. And then in 
this season, boom, here's D. Gordon, a guy who came on the scene last year, 80-game suspension. And now it's kind of like, you know, I, I, we didn't really appreciate hitting when it was actually happening. Like, it was the best part of baseball was, you know, all right. these home runs going on. And now, you know, we were like, when we saw a great pitcher like a Randy Johnson, like, that was what was amazing. Like, we, we were seeing guys shutting down these great pitchers, like, or these great hitters like Pedro and Randy. And now we started to appreciate hitting again. Like, you know, we're seeing Arenado go on a tear. We're seeing Miggy go on a tear. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, all these guys. But now... It's kind of creeping back in the discussion where you know these pitchers are so good and these guys are still trying to you know catch up to them and beat them. But you know again, this this stuff is creeping in. And a guy like D. Gordon, it wasn't you wouldn't ex- expect right. a guy like that. I mean, he's short, small guy, and he really only hits for contact. It's not like he's knocking balls out of the park. It's just, but he actually got caught for like testosterone and cholesterol, yeah. like the, 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 the real stuff, the bad stuff that you're yeah. not supposed to have. And you're right, you know, going back in you know early baseball, or I'm sorry, in the early 2000s when baseball was popping. You never saw anybody complain about the big time hitters hitting home runs all the time. I mean, like I was watching a game with the uh, the Cardinals were playing, and Mark McGuire was in in the box, and he mm-hmm. literally took up the entire screen. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like how it was just unbelievable how how big all of these guys were who were on performance enhancing drugs. And now, like you said, it's coming back, and we appreciate pitchers now. And now we talk about oh yeah, it's kind of a pitcher dominated game because. You know, hitters aren't hitting home runs sixty times a year. It's just, it's just really upsetting. And there were there was news that another star or big time I bust is coming. I can't wait to hear who it is. I don't know. I can't. I just this is I this is like, not good. And this is the thing where I hear something like that, and right away I just say, just get it over with, rip the band aid off, because right now it's like one of those things where it's okay. We already have D Gordon and like. D. Gordon, to some people, maybe like whatever he plays for the Marlins. But yeah, but he was also he, the batting title. He's a pretty, he's an all star. He's a big player, and for Miami, that is your guy down there, positional play wise. G. Carlos Stanton. You come mm-hmm. out and say okay. like, you know, oh, someone else is going to get hit. Just tell us who it is. Hit him now. Why fucking wait? I think it's more that they're making sure that this guy's actually. Tested positive well, yeah, instead of like going saying, out like oh this guy popped and, I'm and, and saying then obviously from me a as a fan side though it's just like just rip the bandaid off I want to know because the speculation is like who could it be could it be Joey Bats could it be Jose Altuve could it be this guy could it be that guy could it be Arietta we like now the speculation begins who it is and you know what steroids have been a part of, okay now if we go even further back. I was talking to some guys who play JUCO, junior college, like big-time programs who are mm-hmm. being scouted to become a minor league player. These guys are on something all the time. And this translates to the game. Now, they're going to find little loopholes and ways to take stuff that allows them to pass tests, but they're definitely on something. Now, if I look back, even recently, some some big-time names that we can all recognize, Nelson Cruz, Johnny Peralta, Everett Cabrera even, of course, A-Rod, and all these, it, it, this trend continues in 2016, and it's it's just unfortunate. And you're right. I, it's going to happen. Just just let me know what's going on. Who who's this player, and what can they do to prevent this from happening anymore? When my mind goes to you know guys that would be taking PD, PEDs, it didn't go to D Gordon mainly because he was young too. I mean, like I, I look at guys who are who are older and still having successful. Career. I mean, A Rod's a different kind of thing there because I mean, A Rod for some reason is was tearing it up last year and you know mm-hmm. he's, he was tearing it up not really average wise but he was still knocking the ball out of the park uh, before he got injured this year so I look towards more you know older guys that are still being successful maybe like a Victor Martinez who's coming who's batting like 341 and he's always recovering from an injury so maybe 
while he was injured, he was taking stuff like that. So maybe, or like Joe Maurer, I know he's he, he's usually high on the average side, but again, Joe Maurer's always been dealing with injuries. Maybe he's been t- taking stuff like that. So I I think maybe the bust will be coming from guys who have been injured before and are trying to take stuff to recover quicker. Maybe I'm sorry, Ricky. I don't mean to cut you off, but maybe like because you brought up a good point. Chris Calabello, this is who I immediately thought of, who got busted earlier for 80 games for PED use. Calabello's 32, right? And he really wasn't in the game. He's he's not this kind of guy who who's recognizable, but he wasn't. He's trying to stay in the game, mm-hmm. right? And he's 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 trying to take these performance enhancing drugs to be able to stay in the game. He was making 300k a couple years ago. Now mm-hmm. he's making 850 thousand, something like that. He's trying to stay in the game now. If that's the trend, maybe somebody, maybe a more recognizable name who's kind of aged a bit is the guy who gets popped. Yeah, that's the only reason why I would say it's a recognizable name because I don't know if it, the, the the outside the lines article specifically said a recognizable well, yeah, because name. But does anybody know who Josh Raven is? No. So I'm be completely honest. No, he, he no got idea. busted, by the way. Well, I'm going to take the spotlight and kind of turn it on something else. Figures. And the one thing I think of after with our conversation, what we're having right now is we're talking about guys who are older, might need these PEDs, not necessarily to up their game, just to make sure their bodies are strong enough mm-hmm. to handle a full MLB season. Is this something where now out of the woodworks we could see the people who are foreshortening the MLB season would shortening the season Get rid of PEDs. No, probably not. God no. But it will help. But I and that's a totally different conversation because if we talk about yes, I 100 percent agree. 162 I mean, game schedule is ridiculous. The JUCO guys that you talk, the way I see it is the guys in the young minor league that probably take PEDs and the JUCO guys, they're doing it to get to that next right. level. But once you get to that next level and you get older, it becomes a well, I just need this because our bodies, we're in meat sacks that get worse each and every day. That is our curse. What a beautiful humans. way to put that. Meat, meat sacks. sacks. Meat sacks that get worse <laughs> each and every day. By the time we get, oh, we're another year older, the body, something's wrong. The knees are going out. The elbows are going out. The shoulders going out. Now, it's the older you get, it's like, hey, I may need this PED just to be able to play this game another year talking about aging meat sex here and guys with prior uh, PED use I mean Bartolo Colon I mean he's he's you know two and one 256 ERA oh he's been he's killing been, it he's the been last great. five years he's got great movement he's I mean like, he, well, he even got popped in at Oakland I mean he's mm-hmm, gotten no, popped yeah. before mm-hmm. I mean this is this is a guy who's had injury problems before has been suspended before it's just he's I, still doing great <laughs> I mean I don't know how the hell Bartolo Colon is still being a dominant pitcher in Major League Baseball he's like 41 he's like 300 pounds throws under 85 miles per hour and he's just on the dot every single time I, I wouldn't be surprised it's a good name I would be very upset if it were Bartolo Colon, as well as anybody else like that I like, obviously. But mm-hmm. what if it was a Joey Betts, though? I'm not saying it is. I don't think I'm so. saying what if it was a guy like that who's on well, that yeah, kind of a that superstar level? really hurts the game. But like, or like why, an Arietta. Fine, let's why, throw that out. Why, why would Bautista be taking PEDs, though? I mean, it, he, if he's been p- taking PEDs, he, it would have come out earlier. Because, well, I mean, he's had fantastic seasons well, before. It, I remember, it, it, I'm just saying a name on that superstar type right, of no, level. Yeah, but, I, I see what you're yeah. doing. But do you remember when Jose Bautista came on when he really started hitting he, oh, home he, runs? he came out of nowhere. Just like Complete nowhere. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, when he started coming out of nowhere, that's when they would have right. been testing him and would have been testing him consistently. And I think if he's, you know, gone, what, I think it's been like, 
uh, you know, he's it's been six years since he's 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 got that run going. I mean, he would have been caught at some point in that in that era. I don't think it would have taken him, you know, six years to to finally catch up. I mean, I, I that's that's the thing with I see with Bautista. The overall kind of take that I had after finding out that D Gordon was busted for PEDs was I was just I was just sad. I was just really really sad because one it's they're not going away anytime soon obviously and two D Gordon was a great player. His skill set didn't resemble a guy a traditional PED user. So this kind of hurts me a little bit. It's going it, to unfortunately it's going to be a part of this game. You know, but I will say it's a part though, of every sport, though. I mean, it, it, won't, it yeah. doesn't escape fighting. It doesn't escape, you know, mm-hmm. NBA. It doesn't escape NFL. Well, it's everyone's looking for an advantage. You, you look at the NBA. Look at what Kobe was doing late in his career, going over to Germany. Him and I want to say Dirk too, right. go over to Germany, right. get the knee injections right. because it's legal over right. there. So and then I come back and oh, I'm good to play for another year. You ever you look at the MLB and it's always associated with tainted PD users. Mm-hmm. Now just. To end this conversation, I just want to ask you real quick because this could we could go on for hours with this question. But do you would you vote Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame? I would just because he meant so much to that era, and he did so much even before the PED uses. I mean, you could you could see this guy balloon up. I mean, in his Pirates days, he was still one of the best uh, players. Obvious, yeah, yeah, he's still one of the best players in the MLB. But once he got to the Giants and his career was winding down, then you could Head see grew the balloon like three sizes. Yeah, what I if mean, it was Mike Trout? It's not Trout. Ooh. I mean, that would that would kill baseball. But right you there. look at you look at PD users. Their heads are huge. Mike Trout has got a huge head. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Ricky? Do you think Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer? It's hard because to me, the Baseball Hall of Fame is. I don't like it. I don't well, like it. I don't like it at all because I mean, what we have is to me a bunch of guys who, and this is just baseball as a whole that I hate about it. Baseball is like the old guy who doesn't want to change where you have all these, oh, the written rules of baseball and you got to do this, you got to do that. Where you look at the NBA, for example, they're changing with the times. They're getting young, staying cool and hip with the new fans that are coming in. And I I would vote them in only because to me, at the end of the day, like, if baseball came out and said, fine, you know, we're going to let you use PEDs, I would be okay with that nah. because it doesn't fucking, nah. it doesn't change my nah, life. I don't, I, I no. <laughs> well, I would definitely. I'm not, not cool with people using PEDs. I definitely PEDs, would yeah. not want the game to be tainted with all of these guys using PEDs because that would just do be a I mess. Want but that, do I want that to happen? No. It won't. But there is some kind of a line where I think of the Daniel Tosh joke where he goes, let them use them. I want my athletes bigger, stronger, a, crazy, and doing all no, these sorts no, no, of things. No, no, no. I don't care no. if they do that, and it's their stupid choice. If, no. if you look at Barry Bonds' career, I mean, he had in the nine in ninety ninety one ninety two yeah ninety ninety one ninety two where before he was on PEDs, he won two two MVPs, and then in ninety one he was second in MVP voting. I mean, he was he was fantastic before all this usage, and I, I think that it shows that you know. Barry Bonds would have been great, and he was fantastic even before this this use. What do you want, Ricky? Last thing I want to mention Jeez. about the D. Gordon before we put a nice bow on this. Okay. Looking back from his 2014 to 15 season, since now we know he used PEDs last season, it's funny now to see his slugging percentage went from a 378 to a 418. On base percentage, a 704 to a 777. And his wins above replacement, a 2.4 to a staggering 4.9. I'm sorry, did you say, what was the OBP again? His OB, uh, OPS. Okay, the OPS, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. His OBS was a 959 to a, a 959 from a 326. Well, with, with D Gordon, like his skill set allows him to get on base because of his speed. And then, you know, you're going to get, yeah. you can get, he'll stretch doubles with his speed that way. But yeah, to end this conversation, one, I would vote Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame. Absolutely would. Now, other PED users, maybe like Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, I don't know. But it would make me a hypocrite if I voted no for them. But Sosa kind of had the Jose Batista career where he wasn't fantastic before, but then finally when yeah, we like, to the Cubs, he 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 hit that spark. Six hundred homers. Yeah, but I mean, see, you, you could tell he was his his performance was significantly increased. Where Bonds, it was just that power like mm-hmm. came through. I mean, he went from hitting forty home runs in Pittsburgh to to, to, to seventy three. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I mean, Bonds wasn't really he, he was great without it, and I think Clemens, you can make the argument too there. But I mean, yeah. with you know McGuire, McGuire might be along the lines of he was great before it too. So, so I would say no, just because you don't know if he was ever great. Okay, that's fair. But real quick, Ricky, you said that times are changing and baseball's like that old man who doesn't want to change. I'm going to say that it is changing. I think the young players, the influx of young players are are doing things that are kind of relating to the younger generation, That which baseball needs. You need more younger people watching the game. You see them showing more emotion. And you talk about the unwritten rules. Guys are like dancing at second base and doing all this stuff, and I think it's fun. And also with with Hall of Fame voting, they're pushing the older writers out. I mean, if you haven't yes. been active, you're you're getting pushed out of the Hall of Fame voting. So I mean, that's gonna and a lot that's of the Hall of Fame voters ideas. are idiots. Too. Well, and yeah. I just think of uh, what was it, Dan Levitard, who got his his vote taken away because he said, "This is a joke. I'm just gonna right. sell it. Who do you right. guys want me yeah, to vote for?" Yeah, see, that's how it is. That like, just, this is tainted. a joke. Who do you want me? To vote for, yeah. and they said you can't. So vote we talked anymore. a little Hall of Fame voting overall. I mean, I wasn't really expecting to talk about it, but it's good conversation. And this PED stuff is unfortunate, but it's part of the game now. But let's let's move on now because the Chicago White Sox, Chicago White Sox, over I don't know how long fans have been calling for this to happen, but they finally DFA'd John Danks. Now, when you designate a player for assignment, they go to waivers, and I think there's like a ten day span that they're on waivers, and if he clears waivers. The team can send him to AAA, which means they can keep him. But with Danks, he's just going to get released, and they're just going to be on the hook for his remaining 15 mil contract or 13.86 mil that they owe him. So Danks is, is going, anyone going to claim him? Probably not. No, especially no with that contract, because they would have to pick up the full thing. Because it's cheaper just to resign or sign him once. With he's been Danks, released. what's going to happen to him? He's just going to sit on his couch and relax and watch the White Sox and hope they win a World Series for him. But this move allows them to have a chance to win a World Series now. This is good stuff. Sean, you're the White Sox fan here. What do you think of the move? I mean, I think we could have won a World Series with Danks, but I think Danks would have been in the bullpen. I mean, it, looking at Danks, it, it, it's fantastic that he's gone. I mean, he did provide great moments for the Sox, and I, I love his, his what he provided us from 2007 to 2010, but then obviously he had the injuries and he, his his uh, abilities started declining. I love the move because, you know, like you said, this this makes us our chances to go on further better if the guy that replaces Danks can actually, you know, provide a win. Because, I mean, looking at Danks, he was a lefty, and that, that's the only thing that really was the, the great part about him because, I mean, I, I think sales are only other lefty in the rotation. So, I mean, I look at Danks, he provided that other mismatch. Now it's really who can we replace him with. I mean, I think Eric Johnson is going to come up and, and try to replace him, but I don't think Eric Johnson's the answer. I mean, that kind of looks like the, what the Cubs had last year in the rotation where, you know, the back half of Hamels and Hendricks was very shaky where you had Lester and Arietta at the top. So, and what did we do? We went out and got John Lackey. Well, yeah, and now uh, Hamill is pitching yeah. fantastic. So, I mean, I think Eric Johnson is not the answer, but I think it's a better step 
forward where this this you know rotation is going to be even more scary. Did you guys kind of pull a uh, north side move, and instead of like I say north side move because we did it during the off season to get Lackey to bring in another starter. Do you guys either? I mean, Lincecum's looking to get on a team. Mark Burley's sitting on his couch doing nothing, and uh, he used to be a Do not star. start bringing up that okay. Burley thing, because I told you that like <laughs> like four months ago, and you are like, oh, and trying, now you're trying to pass it off I'm as just, your own I'm idea. I'm just trying to egg you on, Well, let's, let's get into that conversation in a minute, but I just want to talk about Danks a little bit in his time in Chicago. Okay, one, I feel bad for the guy, right? I feel bad because yeah. he's... He put his, you know, he he worked really hard for this organization. He spent his entire career with them, and it, it sucks the way that his career ended because he was bad, like really mm-hmm. bad. From I think what was it? He okay. So back before the White Sox signed him to that five year deal, it was between either him and Burley, and mm-hmm. and they let Burley walk in favor of Don, uh, John Danks because he was a younger left handed pitcher is coming that off when, a good is year. That when Burley went to Miami, now? Yep. yes, okay, and you know. Burley put together a nice few uh, seasons after that, ho-hum, you know, by the way. But uh, with Danks, after he signed that contract, well, he had that shoulder surgery, which Mm. was really bad. Like, that hindered his uh, entire performance after that. But he didn't have an ERA under 4-7, like, consecutively. Yeah. After that signing, it was like, atrocious. It was he was super inconsistent. And you talk about Danks. Oh, well, he gives you innings. He gave you. 193 and 177 in 2014 and 2015. That was it. And you look at Burley from Burley from 2011 to 2015. He had one season where his ERA was above four. So I mean, obviously that was not the right move there, letting Burley go right. and, and, and keeping Danks. But I did see why they did it because you mentioned he's younger, he's still lefty, and I think that you know the the move there was a, a bad idea. But it, you could also understand where they're going from. Yeah, it. in hindsight, it was awful. Yeah, in hindsight, it was it was a bad move. I mean, thinking where Burley could be right now, he, he'd probably be one of the greatest socks of all time. Yeah. I mean, the the way he pitched and consecutively they pitched. They loved him. They loved him. We still love. I mean, Absolutely. that's why we want to bring him back. It's because he's a great clubhouse. He, he was a great clubhouse guy. He's got so much history here, and it's it's just bringing back a guy who can still obviously pitch. Okay, I mean, now, if you look at last year. No, we talked about Danks and his in- innings limit. Let's see. Let, I'm just going to, because he had a shoulder surgery. He had 53 innings before he got hurt. After that, he had 138, 193, 177, and this year he had 22. Now we look at Mark Burley since 2012. Mark Burley had 202 innings, 203 innings, 202 innings. And 198 last year. You can literally just say he has pitched two, over 200 innings in every single season except for one, and he missed it by two, uh, mm-hmm. 2.1 innings. That's consistency, and that's reliability, and that's what the White Sox need. He's, I mean, if you look at if you look at Burley's career, he's just had the most consistent career ever. He's, he hasn't sparked. He hasn't dipped. He hasn't done anything. I mean, he, he's just consistent, and that's ERA what you want. ERA under four? Yeah, I mean, he, he usually gives up a ton of hits, but he still keeps that ERA under. He's still starting over 30 games. I mean, there hasn't been a season. His low starts was 30 in 2007. What do you well, think, Plus the one thing with if the Sox went out and got Burley, it'd be a great move. It'd be a fan oh, for it because oh. the fans would be all on it. It's This would be the old like Kenny Williams type of move that me and Dave usually joke about where it's like, oh, we're getting to the deadline. Right. What overage uh, player are we getting now? Right. Ken Griffey coming to the Kevin Sox. Kevin Big boy Manny coming Manny to the Ramirez, Sox. Yep. It's like this wouldn't be that. This would be bringing a guy back, but you're not bringing him back to be your number one. You're bringing him back to be the It would be a, would be a be smart move. And, you know, people kind of like topics like this. Oh, yeah, barely. Yeah, we joke around about it. But he's only 37 years old. He can still do it. 
He could be a fifth. He could be a quality five. And he's starter. not throwing like he's he's throwing what eighty four, eighty seven. He's he's Bartolo Colon. He's he's got control and he's got movement and that's but he's not going to blow you away with speed and he's going to put the ball on the ground but he's going to keep it on and the you ground. Keep I mean, that lefty in your rotation. Yeah, and that, that's I mean what the Sox are stacked with lefties. They would have four out of five as lefties still. Now is that a reason why you go after Lincecum now, because L- he's a righty? Lincecum's a different story. I mean, I mean he's not the freak anymore. He's got a showcase coming up and a lot of teams are scouting him. The Cubs are among them, but. The White Sox, too. And I don't think it would be... Well, it depends on what he wants to ask because I think he's not going to get more than a one-year deal. I don't think teams are stupid enough to give a multi-year deal, especially after that injury and you know the inconsistencies he's had over the last four or five years. So, I mean, that's somebody definitely the White Sox should look into. 32 years old, still still help you out some way, but it depends. Like, longev- like, the longevity, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Because they, they do... Have other options, but I'm not really confident in those options. Looking at Lincecum, I just see a guy who's been hurt and is is inconsistent. It's kind of like Danks. He had a good start. I mean, obviously he had a great. He had a way better start to his career than uh, than Danks because he won two straight Cy Youngs. But you could see that dip. You can see that loss of velocity. You yeah, can see the that velocity loss of col- fell big time. You could see that loss of control. I mean, if he comes back and he's starting to blow you away with like mid mid nineties fastballs, then yeah, I mean. You know, bring him back, but I mean, it's he's not going to be anything special. Where Burley, you know what you're getting. I mean, but also with Burley, he said after the year with Toronto that he he's only going to pitch for the Cardinals. He or he he only wants to go to the Cardinals. So I mean, mm-hmm. it might take a lot of convincing from from Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. But I mean, I, I think Burley would probably be the better thing because you know he's 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 great even defensively. He's great picking off players at first base. He's obviously still consistent. Where Lincecum, he's got injury problems. He 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 might not have that velocity. He might not bring back that speed. He might not bring back that power. I would look for someone who can be more consistent because that's what you want in a fifth fifth guy. You don't want a guy mm-hmm. who can go out there and you know throw either throw a shutout or just throw one of the worst games. You want a guy who is going to give give you at least consistent well, wins or consistent uh, starts where you can expect the same thing. I mean, and Burley, you look at him, he's got, he's got, I mean, I, I know Lincecum's got great postseason uh, experience there, but Burley's got you know, so many with the Sox. I going to harp on that because the one thing Sox fans can kind of look at, especially right now, I know it's early, we're just beginning May of the season, but you can sit there and go, okay, how is this guy going to help us in the playoffs? And let's be honest, a fifth starter in my mind, you, each team you should go down to three, maybe use that fourth guy mm. every now and then. However, both Lincecum and or Burley, if you throw him in, both these guys, because Lincecum did it with the Giants, Burley obviously did it when the White Sox won their championship. These guys can be quality pitching, experienced guys, know what to do. Let's say... Quintana goes out there, and I'm just throwing Quintana out there because I didn't want to say Chris Sale. Let's say Quintana goes out there in an ALCS game six, gets rocked in the second. You got to throw a long, long reliever in there. You can throw a guy like Timmy Lincecum yeah, or I mean, Burley with that, in there. With that and they've idea. got the experience yeah. to be calm, cool, collective. You have those two guys, Sale and Quintana, as your, your rocks. Say you're going into the playoffs with them. Now, Carlos Rodon, been in the league. This is his second season. And how many innings are you? Well, because you're going to rely on him all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how consistent can he be? And how often is it that he throws this many innings? It hasn't. We haven't seen it. He's still young. So there's a question mark with Rodon. Even though he's pitching very well this season, there's a question mark there. And Matt Latos, can he keep up his consistency that we've we've seen him do this season? I mean, he start. I mean, yeah, the the start he had was otherworldly, right? For Lincecum's or for, I'm sorry, for yeah. Latos's sake. So I mean, he's going to come back to earth eventually. Now, 
You're right, Ricky. You have that safety cushion in Mark Burley coming out of the pen if you need it, or a guy who can start and who has experience in the playoffs. So I think this Burley move is not even that out of a, that crazy to say that it could happen. You know. And I got one more name to throw out there, and I'm only throwing this out because you mentioned him last year. It pains me to say it because he uh, killed my Illinois Fighting Illini in the college baseball tournament last year. You didn't year. watch that shit. Don't no, I, I did. did. I watched Vanderbilt, Illinois. Yeah, I watched right. that entire series. I did. I only watched the College World Series. So who Illinois do you think? Who, okay, realistically I'm throw, not. I'm throwing out, and I'm not saying like, oh, he should come in. I'm just asking your opinions because you guys, you, Sean's the White Sox fan, and you follow those Sox more than I do, Mike. I'm kind of the guy that I got my Cubs, and then I got every general story that's in the MLB. Carson Fulmer, is he a guy that, is he a year removed? Is he two years removed? Because right now, looking at the stats right now, he's gotten five games. Yeah, the whip is nice at 1.3, but that 5.74 ERA, or 4.7, I had a little dyslexic there, in AAA, that's a little bit concerning. So is he a guy that you're expecting to maybe move up the ranks and get there in the August call up, or is he a year removed? Go ahead, Sean. All right, he's a year removed. I don't. I don't think he's. I, I mean, we we picked him high, and I, I like his potential, but I don't. I don't think he's going to come in and start. I think he's got to. He's got to wait a year. Uh, I mean, looking at him, he, he does have good good potential, but again, he's he's too young. I mean, I don't think he's ready for the big leagues, even even as an August call up. I mean, just seeing, just putting him in the pen, I think that's a waste. Just put him in in Double A, then bring him up for spring training next year. I mean, I. I wouldn't waste his his time and his his experience down in in the minor leagues right away just to put him into a playoff team. I mean, you don't need him. You can you can call up guys who are more veteran savvy than 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 Fulmer where you want him to develop. I mean, I think that's just rushing guys there. And the, and looking at the White Sox, I mean, we've had a, a terrible a terrible farm system for years, and I think that would just kind of you know put, put a harp on it if we brought up one of our top prospects already. I think I think yeah. you got to leave him down. You got to be careful with Carson Fulmer definitely. 22 years old. He hasn't pitched a full season yet in the major league level like I'm talking even in the minors and you're going to call him up in the middle of a playoff race in the majors, you know, right away without seeing a pitch. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think you just got to be careful and, and wait a year with Fulmer. Even though I, I suggested it in my last podcast that you could call him up and he could have an impact cuz he will. But I don't think he's at that level yet where he can he can be as consistent as they hope. One name I do want to throw out there, and I, I, this one's kind of a long shot because Cliff Lee was hurt last year, and uh, no, no. And, and I mean he he was fantastic in 2013. I think he's done, man. He might be done, but I mean again, you want so you many might arm want to troubles try him. that you elbow. Might, you might want to try him because yeah. he he does have arm troubles. But again, if you're if you're bringing him late in the season, he might not have to pitch too much, and he might not overwork that arm. I'm just throwing it out there because yeah. maybe you use him for the later half of the season. Think so. And then you throw it in. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Still see what he's got. And I'm not saying you sign him right away. Maybe do, you put him in the in the, in the minor leagues for right now and just just see if he wants to work out of that. Cliff but. Lee in the minors? I don't think so. Uh, my, no, like AAA. <laughs> give him some rehab starts. So I think he's done. I think his career's over. My last thing that I was going to throw out is: Do we think that hey, maybe we'll let Eric Johnson kind of man the ship, and if things go well for now, cool, we don't have to worry about it. And then when we get towards the trade deadline, do the Sox try to? A little small trade, like a minor trade for like, okay, this guy's better than Eric Johnson. 
Let's make that move. I can say, yeah, they'll definitely make a move. I for think us, that's the route server. that they're looking to go. Uh, we'll see which names pop up because we're still in May. You know, we got two months left before the but trade I deadline. But you're think, right. I always think of that deadline. No, and that's the a Sox, de- definitely Kenny a game Williams, changer for teams. I know Rick Hahn is making more of the moves now, but especially in a playoff race, the, he's not going to be a guy who wants to sell. Obviously. The Sox have always been a team where it's like let's buy, buy, buy. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the route they have to go because I don't think Eric Johnson's going to be a consistent guy for you. I don't think he's got the stuff to even get major league hitters out. I mean, his you saw it in spring training. His command was mm-hmm. was off. And, I mean, his velocity, I mean, it was okay. But it's, and it's really, this guy isn't really major league quality to me. What I've seen so far in his career, and a lot of guys are high on him, but I just, I'm not really seeing it. And they also took a chance. Well, they, they didn't really take a chance. It's not really a chance. But they, they were able to sign Miguel Gonzalez from the Orioles. I mean, mm-hmm. he's another piece. He started kind of... Got hit around a little bit, but I would venture to guess that Miguel Gonzalez plays a bigger role than Eric Johnson does in this rotation moving forward for the White Sox. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it out, and I think they would go for a lower level starter. I and mean, I don't think the, this actually quiet on the trade front in in yeah, at the trade, I'm near the trade, the trade deadline. deadline. As we, all right, so we we talked a little MLB here. We talked MLB uh, PD use, and we talked some White Sox. And John Danks is gone. Hooray for that! Any uh, anything that surprises you now that we are in May? of the baseball season around the league. And I know, I know this guy's had a fantastic year, but it's it's Jordan Zimmerman. I mean, this guy's pitching lights out for the Tigers. And, and you know, he was kind of hidden in that Nationals rotation. I mean, I can't imagine what that re- Nationals rotation would be like right now if Zimmerman was still on that team. But if you look at what he's doing, I mean, it's stupid what he's doing. 5-0, and 0, .55 ERA. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And he's, he's kind of bringing it back to when he was, uh, you know, like a, in Cy Young discussion in 2014, I mean he's he's pitching out of his mind and it, it's fantastic. It was a great signing by. Uh, by I'm the glad Tigers you brought there. up the Tigers because you know I was kind of down on them going into this season. I was kind of on the fence of whether or not they could be consistent, but this lineup is definitely they they were my AL Central pick. They can definitely carry this team to a AL Central ground. Yeah, I know. I was just Why? trying to shake things up. Yeah. I had I had three teams from the Central to well, make the playoffs. The thing that was concerning to me was one their That's bullpen. Fair. Their bullpen hasn't been good in as long as we've seen them be competitive. And their rotation. I, I wasn't sure if Anibal Sanchez was was going to come back and be the Anibal Sanchez that we, we know him to be. And then Mike Prelfi and Shane Green is your four and five. Is that mm-hmm. good enough? But so far, Jordan Zimmerman, fantastic signing for them. I wanted the Cubs to go after him, but he commanded a ton of money. Too much oh, yeah. money. Com- yeah. So, and then Verlander, he's, you know, Kate Upton. <laughs> you guys hear that? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> congratulations, Kate Upton. And, uh... But uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Tigers seriously here. Uh, well, Ricky, what do you got? I think it's got to be. I've got two things. I got an AL one and an NL one. My AL one is the Astros. This is a team. What's going that, on with that man? I mean, this is a team that maybe I didn't take the losses during their off season as seriously as I should have. But this is a team in my preseason predictions. I'm like, fuck it, they're in the World Series against the Cubs. I thought this was going to be the team to just come out and boom, right away, you're going, you're going to win the West, and you're sitting there right now, 10 and 18, bottom of the West. A team that's kind of like that in the AL is uh, Minnesota, too. They had that fantastic season out of nowhere did last year, and then they just totally fell off. Did anyone expect Minnesota to do anything, though? No one year? expected them to do anything last year, and they were they were in the, the central race. The only way the Minnesota whole, the whole would be time. good is if their, their young trio of players produced. And in Rosario... Um, I'm sorry, I'm Buxton. blanking on Buxton, he's Saint gone. Sano. And Miguel Sano, that's who I was trying to mention. But Buxton's in AAA now. Uh, Rosario, Sano's doing well. Rosario, eh. But, yeah, I mean, 
You're right, Ricky. What about, <laughs> and then what about the other West and the NL? It's it's brutal right now. It's like the this Giants. Is, yeah. This is almost like football NFC West bad when a seven and nine team made yeah. the playoffs. In the NL, it's kind of a foregone conclusion of who's going to be in the playoffs come the end of the season. But you're right. The NL West is kind of. Bleh. I do want to say though, with the West though, you look at the Giants. They're a veteran heavy team, and usually veteran veteran teams do do are a little slow to get going. It's an even year. Remember that even year. I'm afraid of the Giants big time. And then I think they're legit. I mean, if you look at the Dodgers, they still have to deal with getting Granky, getting Granky out, and getting rid of used to Dave Roberts and stuff. These two teams, I'm still not like all these guys are completely struggling or done with. They're still there all year. They're still getting used to it. I think I'm not too surprised by the NLS mainly because the Dodgers had the change in philosophy with Dave Roberts as a new. Their new manager, I and mean, then if you look at the Giants, they're a veteran team. They're still getting used to this. They're still getting ready, and maybe they even might bring in Lincecum. We talked I, about him earlier, but I, I think I think you know those teams are just getting used to and are getting warmed up because I mean those teams I are going to be say, dangerous. Though, that I absolutely loved to start this baseball season. Granky signs a huge contract with the D-backs, gets rocked mm-hmm. in his first and two same starts. With, um, what's oh, his name? it was so sweet. Shelby Miller. It was so sweet to see They're that. They're both struggling but big time. I, you know what I would love, and I don't know if I'm sold. I just like the he was huge at the beginning of the season. Kind of died off now. The whole Trevor Story thing. No, I would it's love, not. It's not. Dying I, he's still me, killing. He's got ten homers. For homers. me, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, old news. His OPS is like nine hundred. I would love the Rockies to make a move at it's, like the title. It's because he didn't hit, you know, a home run in every other right. game. That's yeah. that's why it no, fell off yeah. for Ricky. <laughs> it fell off for me because he's not a superhuman <laughs> hitting eighty-two home runs in a year. Well, and plus, right now, I'll be honest with baseball. The whole thing with me is I'm super like into my Cubs right now because oh, I know yeah. last year was good, but. I've never in my entire life have I been into a Cubs team that's like, yeah. It's crazy game, with the Cubs right win. now because what is there to talk about? They're just so good everywhere, and it's just this like team wasn't that, even that like this team wasn't even this good back when we were in the 03 Cubs. Don't days. bring it up. I I would consider uh, 08 the best Bartman. team that I've shut up. Uh, How dare you wait, bring wait, him up wait. behind the pen? You wanna, How dare you? You want to know something? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. I was listening to the radio today, and a caller called into ESPN and said he's a Sox fan who has a Sox license plate with Bartman. All right, here's the thing. That's One. Awesome. Two things that you just screwed up, Ricky, and you're banned from behind the pen from now on. One, you mentioned the four-letter worldwide leader on this show because I can't stand them. And two, how dare you bring up Bartman again? It was 13 years ago. I don't want to hear it, Ricky. We're good now. Now listen, I feel we're good no, now. We're not, you're not going to get me talking about this guy on this podcast. I'm not going to do it. All right, I'm going to wrap up this MLB conversation. I'm pissed off, Ricky. You got to you got to watch Catching Hell if you have. I have it. I have. I, I have. Love Catching and believe Hell. me, I. I'm not one of those people who say Bartman's the reason why they lost. I feel bad for Bartman. I love no, that guy. The short like. Gonzalez Did I just say is... I love Bartman? No. <laughs> I don't like Bartman. No, I don't like Gonzalez the story of him, problem. but I feel for him as a human. Let's just let's just. We're agree. not talking about Wait. Alex Gonzalez either. Let, let's just What's agree. With you? Let's just agree to blame Dusty Baker. No, we're gonna agree to shut the hell up. All right, so we're moving on. At my what I what I'm surprised about. Dusty Baker's got a good team in Washington. Yes, he does. And let's, I called it to destroy I, those arms. I though. said that in the NL East, the Washington Nationals are going to win. And right now, there's a second best team in baseball behind the Cubs. Well, people said that last year, too. Look what well, happened. no, this is a legit prediction because yeah. one, Matt Williams is gone. And, you know, now they, they had the talent 
Last year, you're right. Now this year, they're they're just as good. The Mets surprised a lot of people going to the NLCS. Apparently, you know, with that with that rotation. The Mets though have kind of like Harvey's not the same level he was last year. Thor's not the same level he was last year. No, Syndergaard's been amazing this year. Syndergaard, Syndergaard is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Syndergaard's next to, been uh, Arietta. Yes. Okay, okay, Syndergaard's okay. Been I, amazing. I was wait, I was waiting for that. No, Syndergaard's well, been throwing out level. something because you haven't watched Syndergaard, and you're like, oh, maybe, no, maybe I've this had will stick. enough he's, of you, Ricky. No, he's I'm not, so sick of it. To me, it's the Mets have just like they. I expected them to win the division. They were my pick over the Nationals. Well, look, look, look. God forbid they're in second place. <laughs> no, the, the, those two will duke it out in the East. But look at the Phillies, man. The Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know yeah. how I. I don't know how I like that. What, I don't know. What do you, they're like? They're like the sixth or eighth best team in baseball right now. This Aaron, is crazy. Aaron Nola is fantastic. Oh, I love Aaron. Nola. His curveball is disgusting. I wanted the Cubs to take him, but they took Chris Bryant in that draft. I believe it was Chris Bryant, or it might have been uh, not a bad pick. No, it was Kyle Schwarber. I think oh. it was it was Schwarber in that draft that Aaron Nola. Yeah, no, it was Schwarber that they took. But yeah, I was looking at Aaron Nola in that draft. He went seven overall. Great pick by the Phillies. He's headlining their rotation right now. So and plus their influx of young talents actually producing like Mikel Franco. Freddie Galvis is, is playing very well. Uh, Vince Odubel Vel- Herrera. Vince Velasquez, their best best pitcher right now statistically. I mean, he came out of nowhere. I well, was I was expecting more from Nola right now. Good name there. So, Phillies are surprising people. Are they going to be uh, there all season? I don't know, but... I mean, Ryan fucking Howard. Seven home no, runs right he's now. Still, he's still got I mean, it. That, he's that, still got it. It's good to see Howard back. I mean, it's... it's I, I don't think they'll be there, mainly because that, that young... T- because looking at the NL West, you okay. know, veteran teams took a while for them to get going. You know... Young guys don't need that. Young guys are just going to work. Cubs last year. They're going to start wearing down. It's it's, it's more of this. I, I think that the Phillies, this is a great start for them because this is a, a great sign for the future, but I think these guys need more experience. Talking about old teams now, the New York Yankees, who are 9-16 and 16 as of May 5th, have one of the worst lineups in baseball. Oh, that, see, that's a team where you don't see any potential there. Right. I mean, you, you see <laughs> CC as your best pitcher. Didi Gregorius, at, Starlin Castro, and... Uh, Pineda, that's it. That's all I see with the Yankees. Because they're they're what is it? The middle of the lineups average age is like thirty eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I so, mean bad. Beltran will be gone by the deadline. Teixeira most likely will be gone by the deadline. If anyone if anyone wants them, I mean this team's gonna be this team needed to get young in like twenty ten when they went to the the World Series. They're still going, and they're it. still going. I mean whatever. I all right, well, wow. All right, guys, I wasn't expecting this much baseball talk on the, on the show, but I love it because baseball is my favorite sport. We're going to continue uh, our discussion here with, by the way, we have to incorporate Chicago Bears football talk into every behind the pen. And if you guys aren't familiar with behind the pen, Chicago Bears are my team. I mean, if you listen to every single podcast, that's all I do is talk about how great the Bears okay. are. What's we behind all, the pen? We can't all be perfect. Unbelievable, Sean. Unbelievable. But anyway, as this draft season wraps up and we're kind of just settling down from all the all the hoopla that went down, the Bears... I mean, you guys did your grades on every every team. I want to hear just real quick, just a quick thing on what you think the Bears did in this draft and how 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 well uh, they did. Neither of us did the the, the draft grade. Bill Swarski did the yeah. uh, the draft grade for the uh, Bears. Uh, I I think it was fantastic, <laughs> and I agree with them. I, I mean, uh, I look at the Bears pick. I love the Leonard Floyd pick. I love the balls of pace to jump up two to jump up two whole spots and giving up a fourth round draft pick to get Floyd. I mean, yeah, I don't back, yep. I don't understand people's like hate over. This you know th- them trading up, but I love the pick. I love the white hair pick, especially now with Slauson gone. I mean, I don't agree with the Slauson move, but I like the pick there. I also like Braverman, their, their seventh round pick mm-hmm. there. He, he looks like a great possible slot receiver. So I mean, I, I love what the, the Bears did in the draft, and I, I love the trading down uh, in the second round. I, I just I love what they did. I mean, I think it's fantastic. And then 
Uh, I agree with Bill Swirsky, who gave him an SB for Super Bowl, Super Bears. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things where I'm going to quote Dave Oster from the fast break, because me, him, and Sean all watched the draft together. He He was like, excuse me for being a little angry right now, because Bears fans have been promised a great pass rusher in the past. He was talking about Shane McQuallan. Now, is Floyd going to be anywhere near Shea? No. He's going to be way better than him. But it's that Don't one thing. Don't jinx us. No, gonna, I know you're a Vikings fan. Do not jinx it's this. It's going to be that It's that one thing where it's like when you just saw the first round, it was like, oh, fuck, why did we have to do that? Why did we have to do that? Then you look at the entire draft and you go, Oh, I love we it. just gave up a fourth to move up. The philosophy behind the draft is great. The past, especially when the Bucks took a Gaio in the second. The past four number. What? I know what was that. The past four uh, number. The past the past four first round draft picks for the Bears have been fantastic. I love Long. I love Kyle Fuller. His potential. That first like couple games in that 2014 season, he I was, was like, fantastic. Whoa. Yeah, seriously, that 49ers game. Uh, Kevin White. I'm excited to see what oh, he can do, especially legit. especially against Elshon. I love this Leonard Floyd pick. I mean, I look at I look at you know. The Bears and what they've done, and I, I love what they're going with. I love where they're going here. Arguably, and I mean, arguably, I would say you can't c- include Kevin White on that because he's a first round pick for this year's draft. Okay, class. well, I said the past four draft picks. Okay, so the he, first he was the first Ricky, round draft oh pick my, in know, the past four. No, I'm just saying since he didn't play last year, he's a first rounder for this year. You guys okay, are basically so then, the Patriots. So last then that year. counts four draft picks, which would include Kevin White. Because he's in the past four draft picks. It doesn't matter what year okay. you're accounting it, okay. even though it happened in the 2015 draft. I didn't draft. know we were counting this year, too. I thought it was four before this. I'm very excited about the Bears. Very, Me very too. excited. I'm extremely optimistic, and I think Kevin White is legit, absolutely. I think he'd be uh, a possession wide receiver as well as a guy who could stretch the field. And complimenting Alshon Jeffrey, who is injury-prone very much so, and that's what kind of held the Bears back from signing him long-term. So I'm keeping an eye on what Jeffrey is going to do this year. He might test free agency and he might walk, but that's okay because we have a safety cushion there with Kevin White, who I think is going to be legit, as I said. But moving on, as like I said, as the as the draft kind of settles, we're a week and a half out or so. What do you guys think the Bears need to do from here? Because they didn't take a tight end and they didn't take a quarterback. They opted to sign Brian Hoyer. So... Cutler's going to be their guy. I don't want to hear anything else from you about that conversation because if you say Brian Hoyer should start, you're an idiot. And then two, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's no tight end. And I'm kind of worried about that because Zach Miller gets hurt a lot. Like throughout his entire career, he's been hurt. So, I mean, is there anybody that you can see the Bears make a move for? Uh, I would probably go tight end if they're going to do anything. But I, I think if they're any position that they're going to fill out, they're going to do it undrafted free agent style. Yeah. I don't think they're, they're going to go out and get another free agent. I, I don't see that happening unless so, some surprise release happens or if they're trying to make 53-man roster cuts and someone gets cut because of an injury concern. That's the only way I can see this happening. I mean, I look out, and you obviously need tackle help, and you obviously need tight end help, and those, and, and at least from an offensive side, that's where you need the most help here. And, but I think that's going to come from undrafted free agents mm-hmm. or guys that's who aren't going to cost a lot because, I mean, this, they're not going to go out and you know waste money because, I mean, if you're cutting slots and you freed up, I think, like $2 million, mm-hmm. and you do have a cap room there. But I think that's going to happen in, in case someone who does might command somewhat of big money after getting cut from a 53-man roster, that's when it's going to come. Because, I mean, I like Bush right at the left tackle. I mean, it, I don't love the, the signing, but Wait. he's not he's not awful. I bet. Wait, you said Jamon Bushrod? He's gone. Bushrod's still on the team. No, no, he's gone. They released him. Why is he still on the depth chart? No, he's gone. You're man. looking at ESPN, brah. 
I am. All right. ESPN's garbage. Yeah, we can scrap that. Yeah, Brishard's gone. He's old. You know, he, <sighs> I think he signed with the Dolphins, Dolphins yeah. and he's a, a left guard now or something. Just just so the uh, Vikings fan can uh, save the Bears fan in the room. Right now, it's looking like the starting <laughs> offensive line is going to be from left to right, Lena, Leno, Charles White Leno, Hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Grassu. Grassu, Long, and Massey. My bad. Well, yeah, no, no, that's... that's Viking be, fan, uh, bailing you out, bro. Well, get the hell out of here, Ricky. I'm so sick of you and your you just your presence. I'll ta- I will take your Kevin White and raise you a Laquan Treadwell. Oh, I'm pissed about that because <laughs> yes, he's definitely going to be fantastic for the Vikings. And I think uh, Bridgewater's got his got his. I mean, him and, and well, Stephon Diggs. My God, here's the one thing: is that Bridgewater uh, doesn't have an arm to throw to uh, to his guys. So he's got I mean, an arm. Uh, Jay Cutler can probably Cutler's bomb better. it like 80 yards. Okay, Cutler's uh, the better. The thing about Jay, and I'm gonna actually he's just quote, overall better. I'm just gonna period. quote a comment that we got from I like talking uh, to you, <laughs> Marcus Johnson, my main guy in the comment section on the Brian Horror video he had. So Marcus, I loved how he said. I like the signing of Hoyer, and I think he would be a productive for the Bears when Cutler is hurt. That's when, when you, you say know you're when? a Bears fan, when you say when yeah, Cutler is hurt. Like, know. you know it's going to happen. But, I, you know, you can't predict injury, but I think, yeah, the Brian Hoyer signing was probably one of their better quarter, would you rather have backup a, quarterback signings a in a drafted while. rookie from this class, no, David no, no, Fales, no, no. or Hoyer no, 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 be no. your backup no, Hoyer, when no. he goes down? Hoyer is definitely a good signing as a backup. He's, you've seen him. He led the Texans to the playoffs. That's that's a good signing. You see Jason Campbell as a backup. Brian Greasy is a backup. Todd Collins is a backup. You know, Josh McCown. You're was, forgetting the best one, Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton was the most productive Bears backup. Beard. Absolutely. And Gotta if we, love the neck You know, if we go back to 06, he maybe should have kept the starting job over Grossman. Maybe they oh, win the Super Bowl. A, without a doubt. But that's a, that's for another day. But hey, yeah. man, unleash the dragon. <laughs> you know what? You're right, though. Uh, when speaking about the offensive line depth, um, they're going younger. And they, they released Lawson. I was surprised by the move. I was hoping they keep him because he was their best offensive lineman next to uh, Kyle Long. He was, you know. See, I don't, I don't like the move, but I do Makes trust sense. pace. I, I trust pace enough if he does actually have injury concerns. Because if he has injury concerns, that's not what you want. You don't want to be giving this guy money if he's going to be out. True. I mean, I, 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 lo- I like the move just because I like Ryan Pace. And one more, one more move that they made that kind of surprised me. Not really, but kind of was, kind of breathtaking. I guess Antro Roll's gone, and one. He bashed the—I don't know if you guys saw this, but he bashed the Soldier Field facilities, and he said a reason why he got hurt was because of their turf, which I won't wholeheartedly believe because that is the worst surface in all of football. They need to fix that. You see them on Soldier Field, and this was even in their practice facility. Fans make jokes about that. It's a joke. Like, you it's guys, like, joke. the Bears know that, that there's some truth behind that the, statement, No, right? it is, 100%. And that is the worst playing surface in football. It's, it's absolutely— Especially if the Bears make the playoffs. Well, I mean, because then you're deep into a season. It's awful. It is awful. You get outside the numbers, guys are slipping. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a professional facility. Have have turf. Have something where guys can. No sink man got to have that real. Grass, it's a joke. I don't understand that, that Kentucky bluegrass. I can't stand there. it. I can't stand it. But now the opening with safety adds a competition between a couple draft picks, Deion Bush and DeAndre Car- uh, Houston Carson. They could vie for that strong safety spot. I would venture to guess. That Dion Bush pushes Chris Przinski out from that strong safety position. Maybe Przinski starts the season 
because he has been a veteran. He knows, but he's just. You, you also know. never know. He might not even make the fifty-three man roster. I mean, they're going to keep they're going to keep know. youth over over oh, guys yeah. who might not produce. But he, he doesn't impress. Yeah, them I mean, he's like produce. a he's like a safety cushion for pace because he stepped yeah. in last year and did well. Harold Jones Cortez, another guy. He came on late last season and proved that he could be a NFL, uh, you know, perform difference maker kind of. But so there's competition there. I'm excited to see what Deion Bush can do. I saw him some film uh, with him at Miami and. He's pretty, he, he can hit and he knows where to be on the field and he's he's definitely a presence out there. No, this the thing that's going to drive the Bears this year and if the Bears are going to go and live up to Bill Schwartzky's position of uh Super Bowl Super Bears, this team is going to have to be exactly like they were in when they went to the 07 Super Bowl. The defense is going to be phenomenal and then the offense is will it be as Bad, I'm gonna say, was Rex compared to well, Jay. This offense, probably not. Well, just let me play it out. But it's going at the end of the day when this season's all said and done. The offense may not be bad, but we're still gonna be looking back on. Okay, this defense carried the Bears this season. I disagree. I think the offense will be the ones to carry the Bears because I mean this this defense won't be bad. I think I think we're gonna be around the middle of the pack here. But I think I think this is Cutler's year. I mean we've been saying that for what you know six years now. Gonna be this, saying it next year. This is gonna be Cutler's after. year to step up because now he's got Kevin White. Now he's got Alshon Jeffrey, two young receivers. Right. You know yeah. he's he's got. I know Lankford is gonna have to step up big time, and that's probably and gonna be the, the biggest he, question mark. There he is, is if, my biggest. I'm gonna one is I'm Langford gonna, yeah. without the Forte safety blanket. I'm gonna cap off this podcast with some final thoughts on what you guys were just saying. One, Ricky, you compared the Bears to the 06 team. That that defense will never be replicated. Oh, I'm not saying they're no, going to be I'm exactly not saying that like at that. all. I'm, I'm not just saying, saying that. the no, defense no. is going to carry the team. I don't think so. And I have to disagree because the extent that that Bears defense carried the Bears that year, they they were responsible for that they had 13 wins that season. They probably were responsible for 10 of them. That, well, look at the Arizona game. That's that what was I think unbelievable. Of. That's what I that think was something of when I think in a totally different line of their own. Because we crowned their asses. It was amazing. That was one of the, the funnest games I've ever seen. But, um, so, yeah, no, I agree with you, Sean. I think this offense is good enough to allow them to win games, and I, I feel like their defense will also be strong enough to, to win games as well. Now, I think it's going to be a nice balance there with the whole Cutler thing. Now, it's a very logical statement to say you predict him to do well because, one, he has weapons, exactly. He has protection in the offensive line. He has depth there. And he has a capable offensive system that he can thrive in. You talk about the last, what, Six offensive coordinators that he's been with over his eight-year career with the Bears and three different head coaches. Where is the consistency? And you talk about how Cutler's been this guy. Oh, I can go on for days about Jay Cutler, mm. guys. But I'm just saying, it's Sean, I absolutely agree with you. I think this is the year that Cutler does well. And he's had a chance to do well in the past. When he was 7-3 and three and he went down with that broken thumb, that was a team that he could have taken to the Super Bowl. And I've said this once, and I'm going to say it again until we get to the actual season. I'm already set in stone right now for the prediction part that three teams from the North, Packers, Vikings, Bears, not in that order. I don't know the order yet, but those three teams are making the playoffs this year. <laughs> I love it, Ricky. I, th- I think the Bears have a true chance. I like the I like the Vikings a lot. I think with Jordy and Nelson, the Packers, the Packers will, I'll give them the division early on, but Vikings and Bears could be the wild card teams. 
All right. As we wrap up this podcast, I need you guys to plug your Twitters. Sean, what are you at? At Schwarbo, uh, in reference to Kyle Schwarber, because I am I am a uh, White Sox fan, but uh, you know Kyle Schwarber is becoming my uh, was was becoming my favorite player after uh, his last year run. So uh, at Schwarbo, Ricky, and I'm uh, simple. I'm at Ricky Woodmer. You can follow me at Rankin nine hundred six. Schwarbo shorter. But here's what you should do. Ricky, tell them what you should do. You guys got to go to, there's a link down below in the description, but go check us out on patreon.com backslash most viable podcast. You like the podcast, you subscribe, that's great. But if you want to support us even more, go check out our Patreon page. And each and every patron who becomes a patron of most viable podcast will get an exclusive monthly podcast just for you guys. So it's only for your ears, but you got to go to patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast you guys got to do it because we have tremendous content and if you want more content you should follow us on twitter at most valuable pod as well as snapchat's the same thing and then subscribe to our youtube channel at most valuable podcast make sure you like behind the pen because i'll be here you guys thank you for listening and once again we will see you all next time thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts